Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. The thing that I fought tooth and nail to bring my son into is Dungeons and Dragons. That is the ultimate solution to parenthood. I'm Alexis Ohanian. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. I talked to Rain Wilson. I wanted to learn more about Rain's advice to play D&D with your kids. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to episode 60 of Please Advise. This is where you're going to hear all the European man-meeting tips that you need to have the best time of your life. Christina, thank you so European much. European men. European men. Yeah. European men meeting tips. That's what she says. Catherine Chloe Cahoon is my newest obsession. I believe we're going to get her on the podcast to teach us some European men meeting tips. Um, but I, Christina introduced me to her and like it's actually kind of, it's kind of funny. You got to witness why I firsthand why I can't like be involved in too much scripted television. It was I funny can't. because like I I saw it exactly a week later how far you had fallen down a rabbit hole that I didn't think could be very deep, but for you it was oh, so like, substantial. I could tell deep. you where she bought her accessories <laughs> and why and what day. Like yeah. I can tell you what like I, I I knew everything and it's really sad. Like and I I I was so like a uh, obsessed with this Rebecca Minkoff purse she was showing off that was like a purple suede and like the the picture was photoshopped within an inch of its life except one thing she left was a small scratch on the suede so that was so weird yeah I didn't understand that but the post is about the purse but anyway it's not so her I guess so then you you started to witness this and actually like probably like 15 20 minutes and to me like like breaking down the videos, like continuously pausing them to like tell, like to interrupt with like details about production notes. Christina was like, girl, girl, can we like just, no, I'm in the, I, you were, you seem genuinely worried was, about me. To I be was honest. legitimately concerned. Cause I was just like, how did you watch all of these videos? And then like, where did you find this information? And like, what were you doing with your time in between that one week that I showed you. I like went to New York and came back and you were fully obsessed and entrenched in the saga that is Catherine Chloe Cahoon. I know I'm obsessed with her. I love her so much. And by the way, the, she's not to be uh, confused with Catherine Calhoun Dennis uh, of uh, Southern Charm fame. A lot of people think I'm talking about her. Um, but no, Catherine Chloe Cahoon, C-A-O-C-A-H-O-O-N. Guys, I'm all, when I, I went to drive in my car this morning, I heard downtown from. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> it's so it's amazing. The new Macklemore song "Downtown" is also the NFL's like theme song this season. It's also Catherine Chloe Cahoon's most recent video. So every so, time you go back to her YouTube page, it starts automatically playing "Downtown." And so she that song's ruined for me. She's a uh, she's amazing. She dressed head to toe in Seahawks gear. 
and did a our guest is from is from Washington, right? Girl, where are you from? Portland? Oh, I'm from Oakland. Oh, my God. I, oh, ha- I hate the Seahawks. I hate the, the Seahawks. Like, I, I hate all of Seattle. So Okay, good. I'm like, no. So you don't know Catherine Chloe Cahoon? No, I don't. But I will Google right when I get home. You guys, this is our guest. Her name is Kevin, KDN13. We've known each other on the internet for a really long time now. Many years. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I was trying to, like, like Many years. Uh, figure it out. And I think what happened was, is Kelly Oxford follow Friday, both of us, in the same thing. And Lauren, who's Espel? Or, oh, oh Espel yeah, Lauren. Lauren Ashley. Yeah, yeah. She, she was, was on our Bishop. Halloween yeah, she special. She was on too. Yeah, so I think it was the three of us. And I, but for some, you're the only person, I should tell you this. You and my friend Sasha are the only two people that I did have like had a lot of real life time with that I've ever FaceTimed with. Like we FaceTimed when you were living in Oakland. So Yeah, the very first time we talked, yeah. We we skyped, yeah, and, and we I had an extensive personal conversation for like an hour. Yeah, we both got stoned and played with our pets and had a really long conversation, which I think is a I think what uh, is a that's my kind of girl. Yeah, it's great. Don't play with your pets, have a good convo. Um, so we're not using your last names today because you are a lawyer, which I think is really cool. But I did the thing that I always do, which is I just start to assume that, like, you must be in major trials. Like, <laughs> you are, like, prosecu- like s- serious criminals. Like, you're taking down child molesters every day in court, in my mind. What are no, you really doing? I'm actually, I can't get into the details, actually. Uh, it's so lame. But I, I work for the federal government, and there's these rules of conduct I have to follow. Um, so I can't... Uh, give money to a political campaign. Oh. I can't have a political bumper sticker on me and I can't like, I have to follow rules of conduct. So on Facebook, for, I'm not on Facebook, but if I was on Facebook, I couldn't show myself like taking a bong hit. Uh-huh. It's just stuff like that. So I can't, if, if they Googled me and they found out about KDN 13, um, it would be problematic. But it's it's just a precaution. So I try to keep the the my social identity very separate from my IRL life. Girl, I didn't know you worked for the fucking federal government. Yeah, I don't really talk about it because it's so, it's just really, it's just a day job because. So were you able to transfer within the system when you moved to LA? Sort of. Because you're you're also a very funny writer. That's when it, that's how I first like was like, oh, who's this chick? Because I saw all your, you were just so funny on Twitter. You still are funny on Twitter. Um, So it's kind of cool because you're doing something I would say most people would say it's pretty not – I mean, I guess being a lawyer is very creative, actually. No, it's terrible. It's mind-numbing. Um, very logical. But it's good. I can be very aggressive. I have an aggressive side to me, so I get it out that way through work. That's badass. But, yeah, it's just this non-creative, risk-adverse side of me that's this day job that pays my bills. Yeah. And I'm still trying to pursue creative ends on the side, but I have to do it on the DL with respect to work. True, true. I mean, it's just, I, I just, there seem like such different worlds to me. Like, yeah. how can you be so good at both of those things? Like, I can't do math. Like, I I never, like, I always over tip by, like, an embarrassing right. amount because I can't <laughs> I do math. I remember when we went to the bar and you just gave the bartender a bunch of cash and he was like, I think I should give some of this money back to you. <laughs> he was so cute. Well, I, I, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I don't, well, also, I get very, like, just take the money. Like, I get very, <laughs> like, I have literally paid for dinner for, like, six people I don't know because 
because I don't like the credit card shuffle thing. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I'll just pay for everyone. I don't care if I ever see you again. Like, let's just not talk about dollars and stuff. So like, how do you, how, what's, what's your deal? Were you like the smartest kid ever? Oh, you know, I actually, I'm not really confident in my intelligence because growing up, my family moved a lot. Like I was in six different schools. They put me in like French only speaking school, school in the middle of first grade. So I never had a foundation where I could build my confidence in that yeah. way. So I've never felt like I was very intelligent. But yeah, I went to an amazing law school. I did decent in law school. Being a lawyer isn't hard for me. But like, that's just not necessarily intelligence. It's just having an insanely neurotic work ethic is all. Were you a quiet kid? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably. I read a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I loved reading so much when I was a kid. I wish more than anything I could read still as much as I did oh, when I was don't? a kid. Well, I mean, I read. Yeah. But like, I don't. Like, when I was a kid, I had like four books going at right. any given time. And I had them like hanging on every like post in my bed like there was one on the dinner table just like yeah. I, this is the book I read during dinner this is the book I so I, I I I'm not surrounded by like literature like that anymore I think I read a lot of like Wikipedia articles which I think is reading but it's not like it's for years I was like thinking at the same time I'm reading more than almost anyone I know but also learning absolutely nothing like when I was writing gossip and I just had to read mm-hmm. news all day long it's not it's not real information Right. But you trick your brain into thinking it is because you're reading. Yeah, you are. You are reading. Isn't reading kind of trippy, dude? I love. I still read a fair amount. I read a lot of YA lit. Yeah. And um, it's it's great. You get to enter in, a, in an entirely different world. But yeah. like all in your brain. It's not like TV where you enter a different world and you watch it. You create it vis- like in your mind, the visions of it. I love it. I love it. That is really cool. Yeah, you're right. They did a, um, This American Life about it that last week. It was all about basically just like how like descriptive fiction is. Like yes, the, the make-believe imp- one. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I – okay, so you read YA Lit. Have you read the Pretty Little Liars books? No. I think you'd enjoy them. They're pretty wild. Should I read them or should I just skip and watch the show? They're not the same at all. Like the sh- the books are so wild. Like okay. they're I mean, not to say the show isn't truly wild, but like there's like secret twins, there's murders. Like I mean, there's all that on the show too, but it's it's different. It's different. Fun. Okay. People and and also Alloy, this is so smart. I I think you would appreciate this on a couple levels too. Alloy, the production company that makes Pretty Little Liars, the way that they also did Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. the way that they do their business is they hire a writer to write a book that is like definitely going to become a television show or a movie and they plan their shit out that way so they like literally like start from the very beginning and start with just like churning out YA books that like are kind of a sign of whether or not um it's something's working I don't know it's, it's like it's just so smart to me it is kind of weird though to think like, do I'm kind of like I I I hate going into meetings and it's all about like optioning shit now. Everyone's like wants to like write something or people want to buy something if it's like from a successful like book property now. And it's very hard to sell like your own original ideas. And I think that that's like so uh, silly. There's I feel every everyone is becoming more risk adverse in how they approach creativity. That's true, and it's it's a shame. What is um. What's your, like, creative process? Well, 
I work full time. Right. Um, and then I try to work out every other night. So my non-workout nights, I will write. Um, I'll eat dinner and then I'll write for uh, several hours. And then what I like to do is when I have a solid draft and I, I feel I'm stuck, I'll uh, weed really helps. Right. The other weekend when I had a bunch of those little gummy bears you gave me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was very helpful. And I'll put my caftan on and I'll just, Ugh. I won't leave the house. You I'll sent just... me the most gorgeous caftans on Etsy. I like, well, I would. It's like the perfect night. I know. Yeah, I'm like Mrs. Roper, basically. I love it. Yeah. You put your caftan on, you get all stoned, and you write some jokes. That sounds awesome. And she has cats. So yeah. There's like fun animals around. You're just loving life. Just pretend they're dogs. It's st- that's even more fun. I'm allergic. I'm very, very allergic to dogs. So they pretend they're dogs. Uh, um, I love cats. I love all animals. I want to just put them in you my. You need to meet mine. I know. We make I that really happen. Yeah. And then, and then, ever since I read that article by this like New York, um, what do you call those people who do like the autopsies? Medical examiner. It was a mm-hmm. New York medical examiner. She was just like, <gasps> yeah, I know oh. what you're gonna say. I know. I know. <laughs> what? Go ahead. No, finish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you die alone in your apartment. Oh yeah, your cats eat you. Your cats eat you. But your dog allegedly. Your dog will like just stay with you and you. slip. Yeah. yeah, and stay with you until. Well, they like, eat your. Apparently, the cat just eats the eyeballs. Oh, it's the eyeballs they eat. That's what the coroner report said, if I recall correctly. My grandfather was a writer. He interviewed a cannibal, and the cannibal said that the. Most delicious part of the human being is the palms of the hands. I I mean, maybe B. I don't know. (laughs) B thinks it might be the ass. Uh, I mean, look, the way he described it was he said, like, it's just very, like, it's very, like, tender, delicious meat, which it's like, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe the ass is more delicious. I would just assume it's more fatty. If you actually squeeze your palm meat right here. You be could tough, s- though. But that's what they used it to test. Like, the, that's how you tell, like, the doneness of steak. Yeah. By, like, squeezing your different things. Ugh. So, like, this is, a, yeah. this is a well done. This is a medium rare. Yeah. When I heard about that coroner repro- report, I immediately emailed my boss. And I said, look, if I'm never, if I'm one day, if I'm not into work by 11 a.m. and you can't get a hold of me, please call my mother immediately. Because like, I just had this vision. The cat would have been eaten half your eyeball oh, yeah, by then. Exactly. I just, I don't want that to happen. Do so they, I set up a plan with do her. Do they dig in within minutes of death time? I don't, think, time, so. Or I don't do they, think so. I don't think so. Yeah, when their food runs out. I, I would think give it two more days. days. Yeah, yeah, I would That's say. That's what I'm thinking. I don't so. think they're like, mm, dead person eyes. Like, I, I just think they're like, oh, I'm really fucking hungry. <laughs> yeah. Here's this big dead body. They can go several days without eating. So. Yeah. I think I'm safe now with this new game plan. It really, like, hit, hit home. By the way, though, <laughs> I do want to give this little safety tip out. We had a cat growing up, Lincoln. He was amazing. He was my first pet. And um, he passed oh, away. That's a great name, Lincoln. Thank you. Yeah. That's actually, I got him because I said to my mom, I said, if I ever had a cat, I'd name him Lincoln. And she was like, okay, well, then you can have a cat. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Um, but what happened was, is so Lincoln fell asleep on my bed and he was home alone for like the week. People do that all the time when they have cats. So leave your cat alone for like a week. You leave food out, you leave water out, four yeah. days maybe, yeah. right? Well, one of the doors in the apartment got – my bedroom door got blown shut by the wind. <gasps> and he was trapped in my room for four days. And my mom found him four days later. He was like seizing in my bed. Like he had had – like basically if he w- were to survive, like he would have been severely retarded. Like it was just very sad. Wait, like he, he didn't survive? Didn't survive. And so <gasps> – 
I that's how that's a Lincoln Pass. It was very sad. And um, so just remember, if you ever leave your pets at home, make sure you have the doors like put a book in front of the door because that's like that actually was just the difference of how he died. That's it was like the second day. It was too much. They also found in his system um, a little bit of rat poison. Oh, like he had caught a rat that had maybe eaten some poison, and so it exasperated the situation. This is uh, this is getting dark. Sorry, is this- <laughs> it's surprising because I would think a cat could survive for four days. So it, I think the rat poison contributed. I mean, probably. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, I'm very fuzzy on the deets. I think right. Shauna probably spared me some yeah. stuff. I was uh, I was like nine, but I remember I've never, f- I've never cried like that. Like that was like, I, I never like. I, I don't know. I always had a very special bond with animals. So like mm-hmm. animal deaths were always really, really hard for me as little kids. So, but that was like, it just was like a lot because he was only four. He wasn't supposed to go no. so soon. Aww. And then we got Chang who was 13 when we got him and I had him till he was, uh, he was alive um, up until almost I went to college basically. So he was alive for uh, 18 years. Wow. Uh, he lived a long life. 18 long is life. solid. Yeah. He's a good boy. Um, but yeah, so girl, did you bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice today? Yes, I did. I thought about it because honestly, I had a hard time coming up with a third one. <laughs> so I was like, shit. Um, okay, but here are my three reasons. So I moved here two years ago to LA. But before that, I back home in Oakland, I had been in therapy for over 10 years. Good. And I think being in therapy really allows you to be good at giving advice, especially what I learned in therapy. One, my biggest takeaway is to approach others and communicating with others from a place of strength and not weakness. Right. Because sometimes what happens when you're giving people advice, you're telling them a problem and then it triggers their own insecurity and then they get like defensive or insecure and it just doesn't help giving right. advice. So therapy has helped me with that kind of stuff. Do you have, were you with the same therapist that yeah. whole time? Yeah. Okay. I, fucking, I still like leave voicemail messages for her and I, I fill her in. I'll be like, Dr. Harbor, I just wanted you to know this is this happening. And <laughs> so yeah, so that's one reason. And then another reason would be I'm 37. And so I've, I've, I've seen a lot. You, I would never guess you were 37. I would never. Yeah. Like that's, that is a compliment and I'm grateful for that, but maybe it's that we have to shift the paradigm of what 37 looks like. Oh, right. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's I also true. can't yeah. wait. I also can't wait to be like 40 because I think I'm really going to come into my own self. Yeah. I'm going to be like oh. dope at 40. No, that's I, – I I remember I was like going off all that on the pod recently. Like I'm so – I think being like over – I think the older you are, the cooler it is. Like, no, I, I don't think, think it's my best years have come yet. I don't no. – yeah. No, I haven't peaked yet for sure. I think that it's very unchic to be afraid – or embarrassed about age. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. You know, and it's more than just like, oh, like, you're only as young as you feel. Like, it's more than that. It's just like, dude, what is wrong with it? Like, what's wrong with just every day we wake up and one more day has passed and that's it. That's time. Your age means nothing. The it's- one thing that age does get to me, uh, like – feeling I'm running out of time to accomplish some of the things I want to accomplish is all. Sometimes I just feel right. like there's things that haven't kick-started yet in my life that I would like for, to happen, but whatever. My it's, aunt everyone took feels that 30 way. years to graduate college because she had three kids, and but she would just like take like 
she maybe like she'd take one class a semester and then she wouldn't be able to take a class for a couple of years. Then she's but like whenever I think about like then that's one example of like it's not over yet. But I mean like think about all that like actors that don't have their big break until their fifties. Right. Like think about like my aunt is I mean, she didn't even go to her own graduation. She just wanted to do it. Like no, there's never a there's never we're also in a world where a lot of the people, like Brandon Wardell, who we just had here, he's or um he's gonna be on the next episode. Uh he is twenty-three years old and he makes more money than me. And he's very successful and like he has a whole fucking fabulous life going on. Uh and when you are surrounded by people like that, you start to which we are because we're around young, talented people all the time. Mm-hmm. We're caught like we start to feel like, oh, maybe my time is running out or something like that. And I I guess realistically, we all only have so much time on this planet. But uh I I think that I, I get I'm I'm more fucked up about like how much I feel everyone else is more successful than me than the actual reality of it. Does that make sense? Like it's I like it's not that. I'm really behind. It's that that small handful of right. people I see what you're are way forward. Yeah. Like, and like not everyone can sell a show when they're 24. Right. Not everyone can sell a show when they're 30. Like it's, 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 it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult when your primary exposure is a small subset of the population that is abnormally successful. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of saying yeah. it. Uh, okay, so your other piece, uh, oh, two, two other things. The third oh, one. Oh, third. Right? I said mm-hmm. two, yeah. The third one is that I love animals, and that makes me very compassionate and warm, and those are the kind of people you want to get advice from. That's very <laughs> true. People who don't like animals freak me the fuck Agreed. out. Agreed. Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the most positive relationship you've ever been in? Wait, did you say it in the past tense or just in yeah. Well, because I can think of my best friend, and I'm still with her, though. Uh, what about, like, a positive romantic relationship? Oh, well, they ended if they're in the past tense, so. Right. But, like, just because something – I okay, so my, my last relationship, <laughs> we were together for a year and a half, yeah. and we broke up, yeah. but I don't view that as a failure. Like, I think that that was actually an incredibly successful relationship in the sense that we loved each other very much and for a long period of time gave each other a lot of happiness and joy and, like – a great companionship. That's a success. What I think is also a success is that it didn't end with us being like, fuck you. And like burning down each other's houses. Like, yeah. Or do you just, I mean, I also, before him though, I have to say, I fucking hated all my exes. I actually, uh, respect my exes and I care for them. Um, one, but looking back on them, I would maybe, if I had to pick one, I would pick my first love, which was in college. Aww. And um, he was my first real heartbreak, but he's he's like a brother now um, to me. But we're not in touch. He like moved to Thailand because he has like a fetish for like Asian girls. But anyway, really, yeah, he does. He does. That's and taking he, it to the next level. Yeah, and like, obviously, I didn't fit that mold. <laughs> but anyway, we talked about that actually at dinner. Do you mind yep. talking about this in the podcast a little bit? No. Because you are Middle Eastern, you feel that you get lo- like yeah. lumped in to. The sect of guys that are like just like totally like fetishizing Asian women. Yeah. So what happens is, is I'm I'm Middle Eastern and I'm somewhat petite. 
So sometimes I get looped into the white guys who love Asian girls. Right. But then they go for me because I, I would say I would say 90% of the men I've had sex with, the woman before me was Asian. And that always irks me only because Asian women are hairless and I am not hairless. I am Middle Eastern and I got hair everywhere. Uh. So that was like, oh, fuck. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the point is, is um, then I don't fit. I don't fit that. I don't satisfy that fetish for them completely because I'm not Asian. But right. I have I do have a lot of exposure to guys who like petite ethnic women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. It's just tiresome, but. Whatever. Petite ethnic women forever. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, question number two. What was the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams walked out of the theater. Oh. I was I was, I was, was 14 and I walked out of the theater and I said, that movie was bullshit. I want my money back. And I got a refund and I sat up in front of the theater and waited for my friends to finish the movie and went home. I don't even remember that movie. It's it's like a very, like the wife commits suicide, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And And he like hops through paintings or something. Yeah, that one was really cool. Especially, I remember my boyfriend back then like got really high to watch it. Yeah. When he's like going into hell to track her down and bring her out because she committed suicide. Uh, I uh, yeah. I I was I thought it was a like a rom com, and when it went all sci fi, I was real pissed. Yeah, I, that's the opposite. P furious. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched out of a movie though, like in a theater? No, no, no. I did have one. Do I patience. almost wanted to walk out of. It was like it. It was an anaconda like kind of horror film where there were like sh- oh fuck I forgot that tremors. It, no. It, anyway, I've I've had like I've I once sat in on a horror film where the way in which the women were being killed was really brutal and disgusting, and it was there's a lot of misogyny involved, and I wanted to walk out. But like one night when I paid for something, I'm just gonna sit through it. I don't care. Right. Yeah. I have the same problem. Yeah. yeah. I've only walked out of one movie in my entire life. What movie? It was this movie called The Order with Heath Ledger, and he was playing like a priest, and there was some I don't know. I was only in there for like 20 minutes, and I walked out. <laughs> Um, because I think the only option was, was to see that or Dickie Roberts' child star with uh, <laughs> what was his fade? Oh God, David Spade! I love David it. Spade. Oh, I love that he had a movie like that. That's great. He's so sexy. Do you think so? Oh, girl, are you the one? This you're the only girl I've ever met who has said David. Wait, Spade David is- Spade is from. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of the the guy in Pretty Woman. I mean, Pretty in Pink. Is that James? James Spader. I'm thinking of James Spader. Oh, oh. I was going to say that's Okay. Oh, no, 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 I do this a lot I with like names. Like <laughs> Get them all mixed up. <laughs> Never I mind. I'm the worst. Uh, I have the same way. Uh, no, um, oh my God, I'm falling completely apart. It is so fascinating that I can't come up with like a movie that I absolutely hated. Like I don't categorize things in my brain in that way. It's interesting. It is interesting, yeah, because, yeah. like, well, I mean, here's the thing <laughs> that I started to think about. I was like, yo, if it's the worst movie I've ever seen, I probably didn't finish it. That was the other thing. Like, there's yeah. so many movies that I'll start on HBO and five minutes in. I'm like, this is the darkest thing I've ever seen. Okay, number three. Uh, when was the last time you were so hungover you couldn't deal with it? Hmm. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Right well, now. it's it's interesting. The the older I get, the I don't get drunk in that way. Right. 
Um, but I would say last November, I went to a birthday party, and I don't think I drank all that much. But all I know is I woke up in the middle of the night, and the way I was puking, I almost called the ER. Like, it, I get, like, when I mix alcohol sometimes, yeah. if I mix, like, champagne with tequila or what have you, it's like there's a chemical reaction that happens inside me that's, like, dangerous. Yeah, it's really... It mixing is a big mistake. Anything sweet is a huge mistake. Yeah. Like it's really it's I don't know. I was joking around this week about it, but I saw my sister on Snapchat uh drinking some wine. It was a very expensive bottle of wine. And I was just like, "What are you doing? Like you're at the, this age in your life where you can literally drink grain alcohol all night long and wake up tomorrow and be better and stronger for it." Right. Like I'm at this age in my life where like I have two beers and like I feel like shit for the first six hours of the next day. It's a the hangover is a real man. Yeah, no, the hangover situation. Mm -hmm. It's also cheaper to get drunk. So that's another perk. Cheaper to get drunk. Yeah, uh, because you're only having like two beers. That's real. Um, maybe I should just stop thinking that's the goal, though. Getting drunk. Absolutely. Maybe I should just stop thinking. That that's why we do oh, this. I, I sometimes wonder what the definition of getting drunk is. Because for me, a strong buzz is like, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think for other people, being drunk means like wasted. Getting like yeah. skunked. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, oh God, I just, I want to, I want to puke thinking about it. I just, I, I, I really, it was too much. It's too much. Too much. I have too much fun. So do you still get drunk drunk to that point where Well last night for exa- yeah sure like last when we actually yes because that night that we went to Edendale yes. like I went up staying till 2 a.m. and drinking and like when you're staying till 2 a.m. you're not not drinking a lot like you're right. that's why you're still awake and then uh last night my boyfriend was DJing and he I was only going to go for a couple hours but then it's just like you know, I was there, I was drinking, and then, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, the night gets some momentum, and then people show up that you want to say hi to, and mm-hmm. then next thing you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and then next thing you know, you're at 7-Eleven buying snacks for everyone because you're going to an after party, and, like, we didn't get home till like, 3.30 in the morning, and I, I'm, like, so tired, and I don't know how it happened. Like, I woke up this morning. What time did you wake up? Oh, I had to be here, so I, I woke yeah. up at, like, 10.30. Jeez. And um, my first reaction was to just cry. Right. Like I was so angry. Like I was like, why? I was like, why did I go out like that last night? Like I was like, I can't do that. I'm not only am I tired and I feel terrible right now, but like I wanted to go out for two hours last night, and somehow I wound up staying out till beyond closing time. That's but, not right. But did you have fun? Was it worth it? Did you I have did, a great time? I, I did have fun. It wasn't worth it because I don't feel good right now and I don't feel like I'm oh, – I feel like I'm slacking on my responsibilities right now. Like I'm yawning during my own podcast. That's bad. <laughs> but I, I mean I really only have to do this for four hours each week. So the fact that I – every other week. So the fact that I can't just like fucking pull it together is kind of annoying to me right now. But uh, yeah, Whatever. I mean, I, I, no one should take advice from me, but you all do anyway. Okay, so do you know what we do here? We take people's calls. We give them advice. We yes. change their lives. Okay, ready to do it? Yes. Let's do it. Hey, Miles. This is Chris. I am 30 years old, and I live in Virginia. And I have a question for the pod. I am, um, like I said, 30, and I'm single. And I've been single for 
probably three years now, and I have to tell you, I feel like single by choice people are severely misrepresented um, in society and I think on the pod in general. So my question is, is there a stigma for people who are single by choice and is there a stigma against that and what are your feelings on that? And also, is there anybody on the pod that is single as well? Because I feel like everybody's just obsessed with finding relationships these days. I've had some great relationships, um, but I've also had some great times being single and not in committed relationships. And I'm not a player by any chance, but I definitely like to meet people, but I'm not obsessed with, like, dating and, you know, locking people down in relationships. So, yeah, I was just wondering, um, what's you all's take on that? Um, I wonder um, why people, when they get out of relationships, they immediately have to jump back into another one. I would like to see people try to be single for a little while. Um, anyways, I don't know if that's a popular stance, but I wanted to get y'all's take on it and have a beautiful day, Malls. All right, bye. Chris, I think that what you're doing here is insecure and kind of backhanded, to be honest. I think that you're directly referring to the fact that I was in a long-term relationship, was out of that relationship for a month, and then was public after a couple months of dating this person that I had gotten back into a new relationship. That was not the goal of me joining Tinder. In fact, that was the last reason... Uh, that's the I honestly am in the the last possible situation I thought I would be in right now. I did not think that I would meet someone I liked, and I didn't think that I would meet someone I liked so soon. Here's the thing with being single: I fucking love being single. My years being single were the best years ever. I look back on them and I miss them in a big way. I did so much growth. I had such a great time. I have there's. Uh, multiple guests of ours have been single. There's no problem being single. Christina Lopez is single. Chrissy is single. Christina, uh... I, 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 this call really frustrated me because I think, if anything, we have been really big advocates for people being on their own for a long time. And, and dumping their fucking good... lame boyfriends and, like, the, you know, like, talking about to healthy relationships. How much I like being single. Um, for the record, I've been single for, like, five years. Yeah. Um, and that is by choice. That's, you know... I just haven't found anyone that I've been interested in long enough to give up that this independence that I really, really like and cherish. Um, and it's not, you know, by default. So I think for him to kind of call that out, it does he does seem sort of like a little insecure. It and just yeah. it seems like a direct reaction to me posit be having I think, you know, having bring saying in a humorous way that I not not actually rebounded, but I rebounded very quickly past in my after my last relationship. I I met someone pretty quickly that I enjoyed dating, and I and I was very vocal about finding Tinder to be a pretty easy game to manipulate. Like it's yeah. pretty easy to game Tinder. And we joke about on this podcast about like not wanting to die alone, but like honestly, I'd rather die alone than have been miserable with someone that I forced myself to be stuck with for 30 years. But like, oh, but like more than, but here's the thing, you're giving too much credence to what this person is saying. Yeah. Because what he's saying is it's not based in any sort of fact. Okay. No. Well, I think we should step back. Okay. okay. Sorry. The extent we to which, yeah, no, I understand why you're getting defensive because he did sort of um, attack the show. But putting that piece of it aside, like I'm trying to find the kernel of what could be useful to others and the piece of being single by choice, especially once you hit your 30s yeah. and you are single. Because I'm 37 and I'm currently in a relationship, but I will say since I was, I went through a serious breakup when I was 29 and I would say for about 
seven years now, I have been very, very, very much so single. I've dated yeah. what have you. But there is um, a stigma. There are like societal norms and way in which you're perceived of like not coupling that you have to face. So yeah, to absolutely. that extent, like if we want to address that piece and if it could be helpful to other people, um, yeah, he's he's misrepresenting the show. And I think what happens is, is when you are single by choice and you feel like an anomaly, it makes you more defensive about it and maybe that's what's coming out through his question and also here but here's yeah here's the other thing. he's projecting he's, his own shit he, it, no yeah. that's exactly yeah. that's why it's it's kind of like let's not give too much credence to answering this question literally because it's not based in fact true but like, if we can help others who are sure. single by choice and feel like at the same time out. though i have to say <laughs> i am an advocate of love soulmates marriage monogamy because i feel that I am in the minority at this point in my life. Like, I feel like most people I know mm -hmm. don't think it's cool to be in a relationship and don't think it's cool to only want to be with one person and don't think that you're, think that you're uh, fabricating your desire to be monogamous because uh, monogamy is just not natural. Oh, the reason why I talk about loving love and loving relationships is because I don't feel like there's a lot of girls out there women, men either that think love is okay and that it's okay to want that. That's and I think, you know, I don't think you need it. Right. But I don't think there's any, there's any shame in wanting it. I don't think there's any shame in wanting companionship. I don't think there's, I mean, you know, Dorinda on Real Housewives in New York said it and it was like, you know, I mean, it's a controversial statement. She's like, but you know, She's like, everyone's always talking about being a big independent woman. And I do it for myself. Big independent woman. She's like, fuck that. That's fucking boring. She's like, I like to have fun. I like to be in, I like to be in love. Right. And like, that's, I, I have to say, like, I kind of feel that way too. So I'm not, when I speak, when, when anyone who calls here, Chris, uh, this is please advise with Molly McLear. So everything that, everything that comes out of my mouth has my slant on it. And I advocate for people who think like me, uh, and I'm also open to other ideas. So all I'm doing when I talk, when you call me and ask me a question, you're asking me a question. You're not asking me, like, do I think, like, you're asking me how I think the world works. You're not asking me how the world works. So fuck off. Like, literally. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate your energy. I do. But at the same time, I think it's really misguided. And I think that you're being a little bit manipulative. And to be honest, I have to say, I feel like you're being a little bit mean to me. I feel, I have to say, I feel like you're being a little bit mean. Because... I come on here every week and I share my feelings about my life and I do that for fun, for, for, for me and also for you. So when you come to me and ask me a backhanded question and not only insult my intelligence by thinking that I'm not going to see through that, but then take something that I have shared in an attempt to be more open and honest and to create a dialogue between all of us here and then use it against me, I think that's actually pretty chauvinistic and fucked up and not cool. So like, I, I mean, God bless Chris, but like you, but if this is how you move about the earth, uh, you're going to, I, I, I'm glad you like being single because you'll stay single like that. I'm so I'm glad you like it. Uh, all right, next call. Hey, Moz. Hey, please advice crew. So I'm 19, a student, and I have a part-time job as a file clerk. Um, my dilemma is actually at my job with the receptionist. So every time I come in or, um, I'm covering reception, and she's going to run. She always stops me and tells me, like, hey, I'm seeing this married man, and he has a baby, and another baby on the way with his wife. And I don't want to 
like, I don't want to hear it. I think we should keep it completely professional and not dive too much into our personal lives, um, which is not appropriate. Also, um, a couple weeks ago, you know, my mom and I, we found out that her husband cheated on her. So it's, you know, just really hard to go through that with my mom. Um, plus, I come to work and I hear all this stuff from my coworker that she's the other woman and this is that, and I just want to hear it. Um, so how do I tell her that I don't think that we should share our personal lives and keep it completely professional? How do I tell her that without it being too awkward? Please advise. Thanks. I just want to say, I think she was calling from work. Like, I can just look. When I heard I that know. call, she was, like, ducking behind the filing cabinet and calling. I couldn't hear that he has a baby, something, something wife. So I don't think, like, you know his wife. She knows his wife. I don't know what it is. But uh, I I personally, I honestly just think that's, that, unfortunately, sometimes you just, your coworkers just blab and you have to listen to it. I don't think there's a way. I mean, I thought about saying, I thought about maybe you could say something to her. Like, to be honest, like, I'm just not interested in hearing about this. Like, I I don't think you need to bring up your mother's. If you want to keep it professional, don't bring up your emotions about your mother. Um, I would just roll with it. I ah. had to accept that most of the people I know professionally and otherwise are fucking perverts and it breaks my heart um, and just roll with it. But if it's triggering something for her right now in her personal life that she just doesn't want to bring in the workplace I think it's worth raising and maybe she doesn't have to go into it but say you know um, I realize you're going through a lot and you need someone to talk to at work but when it comes to this topic it's touching on some stuff going on for me at home so if possible could we refrain from that issue or that's you know yeah I think that that's I think that that's fair I would be very afraid to do that I would be nervous to do that Right. But because it, it sounds like this girl's not like, like, I don't know what to do. It sounds like she's being like, hee hee. Like, I think she thinks like this is her companion that she can like giggle about her affair to. And like, that's right. So she, I think she thinks she's being social as opposed to like, I need someone to talk to about this. Um, that's fair. Yeah. And that, but t- it's impacting this girl enough that she's calling. You I know? mean, I, I listen. I think everybody tries to keep it professional at work, and then, and you know, you work forty hours a week. You see these people every day. You see them more than you see your friends and family for the most part. And it, and it just it happens. You talk yeah. about your personal lives, and I think this girl's nineteen and she hasn't been in the workforce for very long to know that like not everyone's going to be just talking about work stuff. So. She has to understand that it's not just like her coworker coming. Also, to her. why her mom? Like she said, like her. It sounded like her mom works with them. No, um, I didn't get that impression. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think she was just bringing it up because that was why the 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 conversation right. was bothering her so much. Um, and you can just be like, hey, you know, this is like a part time job for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep my head down and work. And that's totally fine to say to someone, I think. And you're saying, hey, I'm just kind of here to just like do my job. I'm actually very boundaried at work. And I I think because of that, people don't like me as much. I think the nature of your job, yeah. But, you know, I'm I'm very private and I don't get into personal things with people at work. And I've been able to set up that wall in a way that, you know, I didn't have to explicitly tell folks. But, you know, I'm not as popular at work. I mean, people don't really like me. I think they think I'm a little bit of a cunt, but, you know. That's fine. Yeah, whatevs. So she she can do it. You can set that wall up. Yeah, just you just have to speak up. Yes. That's the only thing you have to do. It's not going to stop until you say, hey, listen, 
I don't really feel comfortable talking about this. I'm just trying to come here, work, and do my hours and go home. It's- I actually heard it's really stupid to try and become popular in the workplace because <laughs> once you're popular, all that, that can lead to is people having awareness of you, which can lead to hatred, which puts a spotlight on you. That's fair. So it's kind of actually I've heard pretty smart to to run cold at work, which is interesting. Well, and I think for her, maybe this would be a general good exercise and skill to develop. It seems like she isn't as outspoken as she could be. So talking to her coworker about this would be um, great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, girl. Next call. Hi, Miles. My name's Blair. I'm 26 and from Michigan. I don't have any um, – I'm not calling, asking for advice. I just want to say that – I have used the sage piece of wisdom that you dropped on your Tumblr years ago to lotion your elbows daily. Um, it revolutionized my life. And I got, oh, I have one question. Again, not advice. I was wondering, what did your Tinder bio say when you were on Tinder looking for love? So glad you found love and light, girl. Stay blessed. Keep on putting out this shit. Thank you. Love you, bye. Yeah, girl, you do not want elephant skin. That's what I call it. You know, it just like it really does look like an elephant skin, like the your elbows if you don't lotion them. And when I see an unlotioned elbow, like I get really like upset about it. And it's not just your elbows. You need to do your knees really hardcore. Always extra lotion on the knees. They like drink lotion. Knees do. And then also heels. I saw some ashy heels at a uh, In-N-Out and it ruined my whole meal. <laughs> I, had to, I left the In-N-Out. Because they yeah. saw ashy heels. It was gross. I've never seen such ash on a foot before. I've never, it was really, sho- truly shocking foot ash. So uh, there's that. What do you, I mean, you are you a big lotioner? I feel yeah, you are. I use hand cream, like the really rich kind, and then I put it on my elbows as well and on my toes. But you know what? I have not, I've been neglecting my knees. Oh, that's okay. So it's a, I should I mean, do that. Summer's hard on the knees, dude. Yeah. Uh, and toes, you're right, is really good too. Do you have to shave your big toe? Um, I epilate it. No, I do like, I, I can't, cause I'm so hairy. I can't really shave much cause oh, okay. it'll just make things thicker. But I, I do have a Panasonic like epilate kind of hair removal thing and I put it on my toes. Oh, wait, what is, wait, so what is that? What is that? So, you know, do you remember what an epilate was? It's like this. Okay. Well, I have a Panasonic. It's like a, imagine an electric shaver. It looks like an electric shaver, but it it the coils rotate and it pulls the hairs out from the root <gasps> so wow. it's like waxing in that sense wow um, that's probably so much better for you than waxing yes, too because yes. waxing is really bad for your skin R- right and the he- it's expensive and like the he- the hot wax bothers my skin and anyway i just do the epilating myself so knees and above i just sit there i have three glasses of wine and you, you get numb and yeah. you just, i just epilate for a bit does it hurt like crazy uh it can like I don't I would never do below my knees because the hairs are pretty thick there oh okay I'm looking at it right now I'm seeing a picture I know exactly yeah. what this is I see these in people's bathrooms and never understand what they are that's what it is so I epilating my toes and my thighs and that's it I shave below the knee that's how much are these things <laughs> um, I just remember when I first started <laughs> shaving my mom told me not to shave yep. like above the knee oh yep. yeah and my mom did that too that, yeah. Yeah, and she would wax above the knee for me. All, all Middle Eastern girls, are, their moms have waxed them, and my mom would make her own wax. But um, she wouldn't let me shave above the knee, so I really never have. But I do epilady above the knee. But yeah, that I think that's like 99 bucks, maybe between 100 and 125 and Oh, that's it's, good. Imagine a wax is at a, a minimum 60 bucks. Right. 
So it's, it's do, great. Can you do your eyebrows with it? No, no. No. It's not precise enough. No, 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 no. That would. Oh my what about. Can, you can't do your bikini zone. You can. Oh. I, I don't. Um, yeah. Well, this may be TMI because I know you're also sensitive about bodily function stuff. Oh, no, stuff. I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. Um, I, I have waxed my bikini in the past, but I noticed two things. A, men don't give a shit. And B, when you're Middle Eastern, it grows back. Like you're why about spend that bush life? Yeah. Well, I keep it very, very trim constantly, but like I'm <laughs> not going to Vogue right now. So yeah, I'm not going to wax it off because why should I pay 80 bucks and then it grows back in a week? Dude, What's the point? I saw you at that fucking Fourth of July party, right? Okay. Yeah. There was this girl there. God bless her heart. She was so fucking dumb. And like I got stuck in a convo with her. And like she kept talking. Oh, yeah, and it was with Brad too. And yeah, yeah, she was talking about how her how she goes to Happy Nails, it's called. So mm-hmm. it's some, yeah. some random strip mall Asian place. No, I, I think I know it. Has them wax her vag, which I think is pretty intense. Yeah. But then she was saying that like because her boyfriend hates pubes, she has to go full, like full Brazilian at the in the Poor back of the little Brad. in the back of the little <laughs> nail salon. And then she's like, I wish I could have a bush. And like she's just going on and on. And it was this like whole conversation about her pubic hair desires. And I'm like, girl, I just Metcha. Like we're talking about this because I asked you where you got your eyebrows done. Like this is like, and now all of a sudden I am like not just aware of your vagina, keenly aware. Like and aware about your boyfriend's emotions, your deep emotions. I feel like I went to therapy with her in, in like a five minute period. I learned way too much. But I, I'm torn about this because on one hand, I like the idea of women demystifying like the intimate things we have to go through and being sure. open and talking about it. But then on the other hand, yeah, you just met her and your boyfriend doesn't need to hear about this. And Well, that's the other it's, thing it's too. It's a fine I kind line. Of was like... <laughs> the last thing I would do is like talk to a guy. I mean, like yeah. I have no problem talking about periods. Like, right? I actually get very, very angry with guys that act grossed out or, mm, or like, if like weird about period conversation because it's like, oh, you don't like the conversation. Well, I don't like fucking living with it. So sorry about the conversation. Like, and also this happens to everyone. Like, your I, mom has dealt with this her entire life. Like, I wonder how much guys actually know about like why that happens and how it works. And like, like it would be funny to see them like try to draw a diagram of like what that process is like. Because yeah, I literally don't think. And they're they just don't, like, oh, you're on your period, and it's just like, well, if you knew what we were going through, you would have so much more sympathy. I wish and they did. A child, they don't it. get it. Yeah. So I've actually, yeah. I, I get mad out. at Ed about stuff like that. He doesn't. Ed for, admits now, like he was, he was really mean to our friend Chase, who had a UTI when they were driving across the country, oh. and like they're on a fucking road trip. So like, obviously, she has to stop and pee like every ten minutes. She's dying, like, because like, yeah. there's nothing worse than a UTI. Yeah. And Ed's like annoyed, or like sometimes I'll call Ed and I'll be like, oh, I have the worst cramps, and he'll be like. That's what happens to girls. And I'm like, you like literally have no sympathy. Like you have no soul, Ed Hansen. But like he so does. <laughs> it's just for some reason. It's like when someone – I I guess I never realized when someone doesn't know, they don't know. Right. Like to that extent until I met Ed. But it's like I really like UTIs are a mystery. Like guys don't – guys have no idea what we go through. I'm on a new kick right now at work. I started it about six months ago that when I menstruate, I am very open about it. And I let everyone know. Okay. Um, and that, like, if I have to go to a meeting that's, like, several floors down, I'll be like, you know, I have a lot of bad cramps right now. Like, I i don't – I try not to fulfill the stereotype of how – what men perceive what it's like to be on your period. But I've made it very clear that I will either call in sick one day out of the month or I will work from home yeah. because it's physically difficult. Like, I want others to at least understand the physical challenges we face. And you know what? We are in the majority as women. Yeah. So let's not keep it secret that we menstruate. 
Yeah, it sucks, dude. <laughs> I, it used to be really bad. Like, I, I've gotten used to it now. I've got my very first period on my 13th birthday, by the way. And I want to point out that you guys say on your period, whereas yeah. I always say have your period. Hmm. Like, I always say have. I'm on my period or oh. I'm having my period or... But, like, I what's, what's on? Why on? I've always wondered. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm off my period. Is Does that work? Yeah. Do you say I'm off my period? Yeah. <laughs> or I say it stopped. Yeah, I will say off. Yeah. On or off. Wow. What's your preferred? I just I was just reading that someone tried out, um, they have this underwear now that's like instead of having a maxi pad or whatever. Um, yeah, I heard about it's that. It's like, yeah, they have <laughs> period terrible. panties. That's horrific. And so you just wear the underwear. <laughs> Isn't that called like a, a Huggies pull-up or something? I, I have swimming? a confession. I didn't wear tampons until my late 20s. Really? Because my mom kind of raised me with like, don't wear tampons. Yeah. They're not right. You're going to lose your virginity. Like really absurd wives tales surrounding it. Yeah. So I just was scared of them. Um, you know, <laughs> they so they're scary. amazing though, but they're, they're, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day because we, ha I was listening back to an episode that's coming up and, uh, we were just talking about how Molly thinks that I wouldn't tell someone it, I would drive myself to my own abortion because oh, I, I remember just keep, that. Yeah. I just keep things so private. And I just remembered the Aww. other day that I didn't tell my mom I had my period until three months I got, I had it. Oh, <laughs> Did did she know you were so telling her three like, months afterwards? Yeah, so, no, she didn't know she didn't, that okay. she had no idea. Okay. I was just like stealing pads, and she was wondering. She was like, "Oh, that's why the pads were were going by so fast." It was like because I had had my period for three months. So you just took care of it on your own and figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a monster! Why? Because you were embarrassed. Yeah. You know what people don't talk oh, about enough? So though? Shame. So I much know, shame. Oh. It wasn't. That I was. I don't know. It's just like. It was. I didn't feel ashamed. I just. It was. I just felt like it was something that I was going through, and, and I was dealing with it. My mom okay. had talked to me a lot about like when I had my period, what to do, blah blah. So I knew what to do, and I knew what what I was going through. I just felt like, okay, this is my. Well, you're tough. You're a tough cookie. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing a lot of people don't talk about though. Is like literally once you get your period, I I just remember being so filled with shame. Like I was I, like, yeah, everyone yeah. knows. It's like no one I can have see the, a, like the I'm pads. an adult bot. Like, what does this mean? Like, now I have to have sex? Like, I was so grossed out. I just was so grossed out. Are you uh, there, God? so embarrassed. Yeah, I was It's a shame so that that happens. I was too. I got my period when I was 10. I was very, oh, yeah, very, very young. Yeah. So on top of that, I was just mortified that I was, like, developing at an, like, abnormal rate. You know what's so interesting, too, is that I never think of petite girls as developing earlier. You know what? I got my titties really, really early on, and then they just stopped growing right That's, after that. Yeah, like, after ten, they just. So, stopped. were you the first girl in your class to like, get her period? I, I, th I think so. I was like, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I remember when Tiana Smalls got her period. Like the entire school knew. Like yeah. it was like, oh, Tiana got her period. Like it was like mm -hmm. ring the alarm. Like one of us finally got it, and we were like <laughs> fourth grade. Straight up, she got her period. That's intense. That or is when intense. You, like saw someone else who like bled through their pants. Yeah, and it was just like you kind of felt for them because you're like the struggle is real. This like, girl so used to wear like boat sized maxis, <laughs> and like w whenever she had her period, you could like fully see. Like, it looked like her vagina was a baseball mound. Like, it was insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know Aww. how else to describe yeah, it. That's a great analogy. And it just, it just was, like, <laughs> disgusting. Like, and so, but, like, at the same time, 
what can you do? You're 13. You're running around. You don't get to. You don't pay for your pants. You don't pay for your own pads. You don't live. You're on everyone else's dime, bleeding, getting bullied. It's, it just sucks. It just sucks so bad. Yeah, you can't pick your own maxi pads. You're just kind of you're stuck with whatever your mom chooses, and it's always I don't know. It was just it's an awkward time, and I feel I really feel for a lot of. I remember thinking girls. like we. Because we always use Tampax. And I remember, like, thinking that girls who use, like, Playtax, I was like, oh, you're, like, fucking fancy. Or, like, uh, when, like, Tampax Pearl came out, I was yeah. like, dude, those are, like, tampons for rich girls. Like, I don't even know someone who, like, would use that. That's, like, very fancy. Well, I was so twisted that I thought all these girls using tampons were easy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, they, they can easily put stuff in there. What have they been doing? It's so, And by the way, Terrible. when you think about it, like even the largest tampon is not even yep. even the smallest stick you'll ever see. Right. I know. It's not as big as so twisted. Yeah. I mean, but Ugh. it is really – I remember I went to Girl Scout camp the summer after I got my first period. And it was like – it was like you. I couldn't go swimming. I remember that, and it really like was awkward because even though I was like at Girl Scout camp, like I just remember being feeling very alone and like about like what do I? And also, I had like I had brought like seven tampons with me in case I did get my period while I was at camp. I did and and uh, <laughs> well, thinking well, I brought a bunch of pads. Obviously. Oh, okay, got it. Got but it. I <laughs> but I was like I. Th- like, if I want to go swimming, I guess I have to try to use this. And I knew there were some girls that were just straight up wearing maxi pads, like, in the lake under their bathing suits and, like, wearing, like, oh, umbrella shorts barf. over I them. I feel like dry heaving. Wow. I know. I know. And they were wearing, like, umbrellas over their uh, – so, oh. it, but it just it, – it just – it was bad. It was bad. And I'm, like, alone in some fucking New Hampshire cabin bathroom, like, trying to insert my first tampon, like, unaware of, like, what even is going on. Like, it's just, it's hell. It's scary. And that direct, that, that little directions booklet. (laughs) Terrible. Is not, that, none of those things look like anything on a body. Like, what is the, it's like, is that an outline of an ass? What is that? Is that an outline of an ass? It's like a side view of a person and it's like the outline of the ass (laughs) on the other side and then you can see the internal organs. They have, like, how the tampon should go inside the body. But if it's your first time putting it on and you're, like, 13, you're like, wait, where did this go and like how do i oh this feels weird like and also i really was unaware that i did not pee out of the same hole i was just about to say I, that I, especially I, when you're 13 you don't yeah yeah why would i know that i was <laughs> so worried i'm like how am i gonna pee yeah yeah i'm i'm still not aware of all the holes that are probably on my body so we're gonna do some table topics little fun party dinner party convos uh here's the first question what does the opposing political party do better than yours get angry Hmm. Um. This is actually already a question. Those I've Democrats asked are so angry. How much would you have to be paid to spend a year in jail? Um. Uh, eight million. Really? Why eight million dollars for one year? I'd do it for a mil. I'd do it for five hundred thousand. No, that breaks. No, jail is jail is scary and it's hard. You know, you have more information about jail than I probably do. Maybe, um, but honestly, let's let's just assume we know as much here as everyone else does who's seen Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, that seems really hard. And by the way, <laughs> that's like a fantasy land prison. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it would definitely see. Here's the thing: I don't think that I would go through with pulling off a white collar crime. So I know that I would just wind up, it w- I wouldn't go to a white collar prison. 
I would probably just be in gen pop, like getting straight up raped daily. Um, okay, what's your sexiest outfit? By outfit, how are we defining this? I'm sorry, the lawyer in me is coming out. I love the word outfit, by the way, and yeah. I use it, and I, I think no one else uses it. Outfit meaning like head to toe, like okay. Because I was thinking like I have a good like bra underwear match that that I'm whenever I have it on, regardless of what I have on over it, I feel like I'm a million dollars. Yeah, no, that's I would say that's very okay. good. Okay. That's good. So matching. So what's your black? What's your <laughs> what brand is like your fancy underwear? Uh. I get like the cheap stuff from Macy's, like the Maiden Form brand. Yeah. So it's like solid kind of, but it has lace on the edges. But I have these amazing bras that I found for petite women uh-huh. because when, okay, this is amazing. So for the longest time when I wore bras, the straps would fall off my shoulders. Right. And I didn't understand why. And then once I was at Nordstrom's and the lady was like, it's when you're 5'3", your, your shoulders are more narrow as well. Like the, you know, your cup is still a cup, but like the proportions are a little bit more squat and your shoulders go in. So now right. I only get petite bras. Oh, good and to know. Yeah, so. That's really good to know. Yeah. I love, um, I'm such a big fan of the Cosabella lace um, racerback bras. They're my favorite ever because you can just, like, you want people to see it. Um, this is, this question is dumb. Um, do you have an arch enemy? I have a lot of people in my life that I just cut off. Right. I don't know if they're enemies, but a lot. I go through at least one person every um, 18 months that they're just suddenly dead to me. Mm. Yeah, I understand. I'm good at that too. Just like cut the fat. Not everyone can do it. And they, I think we're perceived as being very cold hearted. But you know what? I actually think it's the complete opposite. Because I always feel like that's, I must be extra sensitive if I can't, like, because I look at someone who has, like, a false friendship in their life, Mm -hmm. and I think, how could you possibly maintain that? That is, like, soul-crushing. That would be... Yeah, I agree. So, I I mean, I had to say, as much as people, I think it's definitely a defense mechanism of mine. Like, it's totally a survival thing. Like, the only reason why I cut someone out is because I don't like feeling bad about myself, and I don't feel safe. And I think that so when I uh, so when I'm doing that, I think that's just a form of self protection, and that people who would rather maintain a false relationship just for the sake of appearing like a nicer person are probably fucking sociopaths. Yes, but do you talk to them and let them know you're cutting off them off? No. Yeah, I don't either. That's I think that's the part that's viewed as cruel. But well, I'm like, they don't deserve it. Who this cares? This is the thing that. Well, this is the thing is that I find a lot of people call here asking like how do I break up with a friend? And the answer is is you, you don't do it. Like you just, you just don't break up with them. Like it is very strange for two adults to sit across from another and divorce a friendship. Like I I watched it on ladies of London last night, actually. Do you watch that? No, I don't. Okay. So it's like real housewives except in London. And these two American women are married to Brits and they're very good friends, but they've been for the last couple of years, things have been like less and less and less between them. And they had a full-blown proper sit-down where they had a conversation and, like, they were just like, we're just not as close as we used to be. And, like, it's probably never going to be the same. And it was – I and, and I was like, that's the, that's the meeting that I think most callers are suggesting they have with a friend when they want to end it. And I think that's fucking bizarre. Like, I agree. Let's go out for a coffee so I can tell you I don't want to be your friend anymore. 
weird. Like uh, I, I don't know. I agree. It's very high school. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, but you, I mean, I think if so, I've, I also find that a lot of times if someone's like, hey, why aren't we, like, why aren't we hanging out anymore? It's like, you know the answer. Mm. It's because between we're not the friends lines. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Um, okay. If a person were opposite from you in every way, where would they live and what would they be like? They would live in the South. They would be, oh, this is getting mean. I have some very mean thoughts about what a person the opposite of me would be like that's okay right? okay i have some i have some issues in some that's funny ju- i never go there when i get this question but yeah no honestly i'm gonna say a lot of like negative things about certain stereotypes of, of sure. women okay. okay i'm sorry we're gonna go there that's I, fine. uh she would live in the south she would be blonde she was raised in a very privileged I- environment where life unfolded easily for her she has a very strong sense of entitlement and she's married, has three kids, and doesn't work. Wow. Oh. That's not, yeah, that's I, but I don't like demonizing and talking shit bad. about other women. I mean, everyone is who they are. Like, I shouldn't but here's the thing. judge that. <clears throat> so here's I feel the thing. bad. You're not making a judgment on that. The, the person that you just described to me doesn't sound like a bad person to me. Yeah, it's true. She could be a sweetheart and kind just and wonderful. Just very different but than you. Know you know what? I feel like when I was describing her, though, like a, my blood started boiling a little. Well, because you're like, oh, like, she, of course, she has everything she wants. What a bitch. And like, this is a fake person. <laughs> blonde bitch in the Stupid South. Stupid blonde bitch. You don't even fucking work. Uh, <laughs> so, Yeah. But she could be lovely. So, does it bother you that she doesn't work alternate universe? You? Uh, no, I I wish I didn't have to support. She's a mother of three. A lot of people would say she has. She does have a job. job. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no, no, It doesn't bother me. Listen, it doesn't bother me. I was just home visiting my little little baby niece, and I just saw how much work it takes to like take care of a newborn baby. And I was just like, I can't handle it. I'm not ready to have kids yet. So yeah, I can't totally. even imagine having like three little kids. Right. And this hypothetical woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alternate university is hardworking too. Well, <laughs> well what's care. interesting is she doesn't need to. She babies. She doesn't need to work because they have enough money. I see. Oh, I see. Does yeah. she have nannies and maids? Well, it's like I think some people, if, if they have three kids, but they have a tight budget, both parents still need to work. So right. the point is, is I'm, it is a full time job to take care of three kids, but um I, but I also know yeah. people who like scrape by because the mother wants to be there. That's true. I know. Sorry, I didn't no, I don't know. I just have a lot of like issues around certain. I know. I, I think trigger stuff. Yeah. Right? No, I understand. I understand. I sometimes get really ragey about people who've had things handed to them and stuff yes. like that. That I get ragey about that stuff. It really does infuriate me. Actually, that was a big thing. Like it was this. It's almost like a misconception in the two broke girls room, writers room, or it's something that I have misperceived about myself my whole life. But it was like thought that I like hated rich people, and I it had never occurred to me that I that that's how I talk and that's how I must feel. Mm, but interesting, someone really factually said a little like, "Oh, Molly hates rich people." And I was like, "No, I don't." And they were like, "No, you only say really terrible things, like really really bad things about rich people." And so I guess I do hate them. But I want to be one. So. Right. I, I mean, know. I've never been in a relationship with a man who came from money. He, he could have money now. But there's 
there's a, a privilege involved in yeah. coming from money that just stays with you. Yeah. And I don't like being around that comfort with entitlement at all. Right. I don't find it attractive in men. Yeah. Or or just even like entitled not even entitlement, just like you don't get it. Like you right. don't know what the rest of the world deals with. Yes. Like fair. Yeah. And like you think that's interesting. Like you think like it's a that's fine because that's just the way it is for you. And I mean, I guess it is. You can't blame someone for not knowing a life outside of their own. But but I don't feel connected to them in the way I would like to be. Right. Right. Um, okay. If you were given a free Super Bowl ad, what would you advertise? Um, pet adoption. Aww. What would you ask Hugh Hefner if he came to dinner? How many, oh, whoa. Okay, in a fantasy world where I could actually ask this question, it wouldn't be problematic? Yeah. Okay. Um, see, I'm so, like, anal about, like, <laughs> understanding the question before I answer it. No, I, that's I very lawyery of you. Uh, yes, I know. It's annoying. Uh, that's why annoying. I think lawyers are fucking creative. Because yeah. it's like you find problems that don't exist. And, like, <laughs> that's that's or, like, you just pick really up anal. some sort of, like, subtext in the act that you can, like, yeah. the thread that you can pull on. I have to say, my lawyer blows my mind. Like, he'll be like, that comma, like, destroys right. the whole thing. And I'm like, what? And he's like, no, that comma is very problematic. Oh, I'm I'll, glad I'm, you appreciate him and he doesn't feel like a waste of money for you. Because uh, I think a lot of people feel that way about their lawyers. I will tell you that my lawyer has done an excellent job of always getting me a, enough of a enough of a extra bit of money that he covers himself. Wonderful. So that's... I actually usually pretty much leave with what the original offer was. It's very good. Very good guy. What I would want to know is out of all the women he slept with, which one he enjoyed the sex the most and why? Ooh. I bet it's I bet it's a uh, celebrity. I bet there's an ego thing there for him. Like, there's no way it's just some, like, girl off the bus from Ohio. Did you hear about... Um, his last wife where the expose of what it was like for all of them to have sex. Holly Madison or whatever. Yes. Yeah. She, when yes. she wrote like that he would like the girls would have like orgies kind of in front of him. They would like fake make out in front of him and then he would get really drugged up and then he would pick one and sleep with him. Like Kendra, the first time she had sex with him was like really traumatic for her. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? What happened? Um, so she didn't know what she was. She didn't realize that you actually do have to have sex with him. So they they gave her a bunch of pills or drinks Quaaludes. or whatever. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And then she, you go in there and then all the women like he's laying down in the center, sleeping on his back on the bed in the middle. And then the women around him are all like fake making out like trying to do like sexy lesbo shit for him yeah and then um they were excited that kendra was there because then they they just pushed her forward and then she had sex with him but she she said it was like it, it was very quick but and robotic and nothing good about it but oh, they're all sitting yeah. there watching and they're oh. just relieved, like, oh, good, she, let the newbie fuck him this time. Yeah. Oh, I think I did read Holly saying something like she would kind of, like, hide in the corner of the bed so that he wouldn't see her. Like, it's so scary and sad. But it's just like, why would they be there if that's what it was like? Because, to be honest, like, okay, look at Kendra. Kendra is a drug addict from San Diego. She worked at one Playboy Mansion party, and now she has a career and a child and a husband but yeah, I mean, like, I actually think that she, that those girls are kind of smart, unfortunately. Like, I, I view that as a form of intelligence, to be honest. Like, they're that hustling. Isn't, they're hustling. They're hustling. They're ambitious. And, like, they know what they're doing. 
it it's not how is it different than a sex worker that makes thirty thousand dollars a year and like is able to pay for or a hundred thousand dollars a year? How is that different than if you're a if you're a nineteen year old girl who came from nothing, like you're not you're not from shit. You're not you live somewhere like dead end. You're not probably not respected. You have a, probably a whole lifestyle of reputation shit behind you because you are the girl that's hot enough to be in Playboy where you're from. And you're given this opportunity to live in a mansion and get taken care of and have financial security in a way that you will you never would have in a, in a, in a regular situation. I, I think, I mean, I do have to say, like, I think it's a survival hustle thing. I actually kind of really respect it. And I really respect the playmates. My friend Deanna, she's a playmate. She was the first and only one that was smart enough to secure her web rights. And so basically, like, they, she, in an unprecedented deal with Playboy in 2007, said to herself, I bet the internet, like, these internet pictures are going to, like, make a lot of money for them and live for a really long time. So I want to – she had an unprecedented deal. They've never done it since. She's the only Playmate in the history of Playmate uh, Playboy that owns her photos online. Very smart. It's really, really smart. And she, um, you know, she moved out here to do Playboy because her husband wasn't making it. They were, like, 19. They got married young. They were Mormon. He wasn't doing anything with his life. And she was able to, like, get them out here, buy a house. And she still works with Playboy to this day. So um, I don't know. I mean. And Kendra is still close with you. And she defended him after the whole Holly Madison book issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think the ones that, you know, I could, I could see that feeling, being, thinking that was very lecherous and being really upset about it. I will say, though, that I did get the opportunity to go to the bunny house one night because my friend was staying there for a while. And it's kind of nice what they do for these girls. There's no men allowed, so they have a safe house. They, there's no men allowed whatsoever. Uh, guests have to be announced. Um, they have to be approved as well. And... It was like a bunch of women that, to be honest, they would probably be fucking homeless if they weren't living at this right. house. And it's it's nice that a magazine cares enough to do that. I mean, it's if you see what happens to these like amateur amateur uh, porn actresses. Did you see that documentary Hot Girls Wanted on Netflix? No. You have a span of working like maybe three months max in amateur porn. And you're never taken care of. No one gives a shit about you. Like, they'll make you fuck some old man for $30 or, like, 300 bucks. Like, literally, some girl for $200 did, like, a blowjob scene with, like, an old man that, like, made her really, really uncomfortable to even be next to. And she – I mean, she did it for 300 bucks. Like, that – and that – that those people don't care about her when she's gone. Like, I I think at least, you know, Playboy, they keep inviting you back and giving you money to go to the parties and – or whatever. I'm not, I mean, I don't know why I'm so passionate about Playboy today. All right, we got a letter. It says, hi, Malls, with a Z. I want to hear your opinion about Caitlyn Jenner's advocacy. I don't think you've talked about her since your initial statement of support a few months ago. Like millions of others, I watched a Diane Sawyer interview and was moved to tears by her story. But since then, what has surprised me most about Caitlyn is her glaring lack of empathy, curiosity, or thought about transgendered individuals who are not herself. Uh, she seems completely clueless when it comes down to basic human rights, Issues regarding uh, regarding her LGBT community, a community of which she seems to want to lead. Uh, Caitlin disclosed that she had thoughts about being transgendered since she was a child. But I just keep thinking that over the last 50 plus years, she has never really had the curiosity to do any research. Is she not curious to know 
how others who are not millionaires afford surgeries, hormone doctors, etc. How could she not understand that employment, discrimination, and violence are huge problems that affect the transgender community? Has her 65 years of experience as a privileged, incredibly wealthy white man clouded her judgment and thought process so much that she can barely understand why LGBT people want marriage equality? See the backlash she got from Ellen's show recently. Uh, I'm happy to see that she's able to live her life as a woman and as who she wants to be, but I'm ultimately disappointed in what seems like a wasted opportunity. I don't think she can see past her own story and the money she can make off of her show in order to do more work on behalf of others. I mean, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not that interested in the Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner. Yeah, and I have a lot of I, I don't feel comfortable discussing the reasons why I'm uninterested. I think I have a lot of unpopular views about all of that. I mean, but anyway, my I it's difficult when you when you are a spokesperson for something. You can't do it perfectly. Right. I so, mean, here's, I mean, come on. <laughs> here's the only thing, There's though. multiple things going on here because she's just like, the writer of the letter is wondering why she didn't do research the 60 years that she was feeling this way. And I mean, I would have to say my immediate reaction to that question was, I don't know, she's probably fucking terrified. She, Yeah, she like, buried it in the back of her mind. Like, never, it was just like something she only thought about probably when she was depressed or something like that. It's like, if you don't want to think about something, you will exhaust your way, your, exhaust yourself in finding ways not to think about the one thing that you can't help yourself think about. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine a world in which someone would be actively trying to fight against something and simultaneously stealthily researching it. Um, yeah, exactly. I, but but at the, I, I'm sure he was spent, or she spent most of her time trying to uh, pretend that nothing, that it wasn't even a real feeling she was having. But at the same time, look, I agree. I've been pretty appalled by a lot of the statements she's made. I've said on this show before, I actually find her reality show to be pretty boring, which... I find very shocking because when someone said to me that uh, Bruce Jenner was going to become Caitlyn Jenner and do a reality TV show about it, I thought, oh, okay, well, I need a season pass for that. I've never regretted buying something on iTunes more. It's so fucking boring. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, she, I'm she, pretty she has shocked been blinded I'm, by her I'm, privilege. Like, that's the point of privilege is that you. She doesn't know she has privilege. That's yeah. the thing is she doesn't know she has privilege. So, and like, it's, it, it you can't. And she's had it for so long, she can't fathom what it's like to be someone without it. And then additionally, not only was she living, like, in a world full of her, her own, uh, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say lies, but secrets. Yeah. Um, she's living in, in, like, a pool of the most insane narcissist. Like, there's nothing grounding around her. Like, there's not, there's not one area of her life in which she could possibly be grounded. There was um, some of her, like, buddies from the Olympics came on to one of, uh, one of, her, one of the episodes that was about um, Caitlyn's birthday. And I mean, yeah, this is probably the biggest struggle she's ever faced in her life is her transgender identity, where for a lot of other transgendered people featured on the show, like... Like being transgender, I wouldn't say was it was not the least of their problems, but it, they had problems that were equal to dealing with being transgender. Um, whether it was be like poverty, their inability to work because of their literally they were being transgender. Like, and he's never she's sorry <laughs> she's never had to worry about that at all ever. I mean, I just it really kind of um, bummed me out when. You know, Caitlin was so moved by the story of one of her other, uh, one of her fellow um, transgendered women 
that uh, she couldn't afford to go to nursing school and she has always really wanted to go to nursing school and she was talking about how like Ellen DeGeneres was her hero and then she left the room and Caitlin starts like weeping and she's like, I'm going to send that video to Ellen and I'm going to send that girl to nursing school and it's like, no, like that's not enough, dude. Like it's not enough that you get to show a video to Ellen. You are a fucking millionaire. What you should be doing is you should take at least half of whatever money you're making from this show and put it directly into the charities that you're saying that you're the spokesperson for. Like where is Caitlyn Jenner's big philanthropic push back? Like where is his, her, sorry, thank you, like for the acceptance that has come her way? I think that she needs to, sh I think that honestly the – for as much hatred there has, has been directed at her, the world has been pretty, I feel, open-armed towards her. And I would just like to see um, more monetary charity on her part, to be honest, because it seems like that's something that's like just like an easy fix. Like any any woman around her that's like struggling, if any of those women in her support groups are struggling in any way, like she's not doing her job. She should be, she should be paying for all of their shit. Caitlyn, Jen Caitlyn Jenner should literally be paying for several people a year to be able to have their surgeries. I'm, I just think that I, that's my personal opinion. Anyway, next call. Hey, mom. My name is Karen. Um, I'm a 22-year-old. I just graduated from college in Chicago. My boyfriend and I, 14 months, just broke up about a month ago, and I'm in need of some serious advice for how to handle this and just stop hoping that he'll, like, want to work on things. Um, that's all I think about. Um, he broke up with me after I had an epic meltdown in front of his friends. He told me he wanted to work on things. And a couple of days later, he told me that he didn't want to. He said that I had to just work on myself and realize my own potential, which, by the way, is totally true. Like, I lost myself in this relationship. And towards the end, like, the stresses of just trying to find a job, dealing with my anxiety and depression, trying to figure out how he was feeling, trying to help him deal with some shit, too, just, like, wore me down coupled with the fact that there was a lot of alcohol in our relationship and we were always around his male friends. And it just kind of, like, made me feel inadequate at times. And we were really in love. But I think maybe it's just, like, being in your 20s and drinking all the time with boys isn't good. Um, in general, I just kind of feel like I'm, like, abandoned and it's, like, a really hard time for me. And I'm just not sure if that's even a fair thing to say. I'm doing everything I can. I'm working out. I cut back on drinking. I'm you know, seeing my therapist twice a week, I'm interviewing for jobs, and I'm still just stuck. Um, I guess the reason why I'm calling is to ask you, what would moms do? How do I handle having a breakdown couple with my heart broken from my first love? Like, just be real with me. Even if it hurts, I just need some serious wisdom right now. And like, kick me in the ass, because I just want to be me again. Um, I love the pod, and your advice is the best. Thanks, Mal. Something that I always forget when I'm going through a breakup and like dealing with like, Oh, is he going to take me back? Does he want, but like, I always forget like, Oh, he just doesn't want, he doesn't want to be with me. Like that should be, re that should be, <laughs> let that keep letting that hit you. He doesn't want to be your boyfriend. Like that sucks. But once you accept that piece of information, you're free because no one wants to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to be in a relationship with them. Right. What do you think? Well, I'm I'm very impressed with Karen. I mean, it sounds like she's doing she's doing a lot of self-care, going to therapy twice a week, working out. Like she's doing what she needs to to heal and move on. And your first love, your first heartbreak is just de 
devastating. It's the worst. You can't prepare for it. You don't know you until you go through it. You don't know, and then after that, the second and third and fourth, whatever breakups are easier to digest. But the first one is the hardest. And like you know how they say, there's like five five stages to dealing with like death. Like there's shock, there's Mm -hmm. anger, whatever. I feel there are stages involved in a breakup, and they're probably way more potent with your first love and there is a stage where you keep thinking like oh maybe we will back get back together like you're you don't remember the bad right well um, you're like it's so yeah, he doesn't want to be with you yeah. yeah exactly so what i i do for that stage when that comes up where i start like holding this false hope or romanticizing him i then create a pro and cons list because oh. I don't want to be in denial either of like the things that were good about him, but I have a pros and cons list and then and then I throw away the pro one. But anyway, like I keep a cons list in my purse. So whenever I'm thinking about him and I want to get back together with him or I'm romanticizing the way our relationship was, I read through it and it just snaps me back. Yeah, that's really, really smart. That's really smart. It's just, I mean, honestly, time is a huge thing. Yep, time. But then also remember when you're doing all this self-care and healing work, you're not doing it to get back to him. Like you don't want to be a good person for him. You want to be a good person for you because also he probably has just done you a huge favor in terms of like the the quality of person that you're going to be ready for next, like the, the quality of job that you're going for. Everything is going to be a little bit better and when you throw yourself into a relationship the way that you did like you as you said you lost yourself in your relationship it's easy to stay in that like unconscious place but you need to start to like come back to your body a little bit like you know at the end of yoga and they're like all right focus in your eyes you're going back out into the world that's what you have to do like (laughs) you are doing this for you you're building your dream life and I will say it's funny that because this is relates to our very first call from Chris I <laughs> I really sometimes wish I could go back and be your age and single again because it was so important for my development. Like it was such an important time in my life, like in terms of figuring out who I was and what I wanted and how much of a priority work is for me and how much of a priority money isn't necessarily for me and – those are like, you know, those are really, I, those are just, you, you're living in an invaluable space right now. Like it's, it's very, very special what you, you have going on, even though it might not feel like it. So while that doesn't usually help people say like, enjoy it, you're young, you're enjoy it. Like people don't know how to enjoy things in the moment, but um, I think you're fine, girl. And just be patient with your heartbreak right now, especially with the first love. It just takes a really long time to completely heal. And that's completely normal. And know you've joined a sisterhood of women who've had to nurse their broken hearts as well. Absolutely. You're not Absolutely. alone. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she's aware of, of what the role that alcohol played in her relationship because I think that a lot of times people forget, like, how much time have you actually spent with your significant other when they were sober? Like dead sober, not a drink, not a hit of weed. That's very that time that you spend together is actually the time. Um, fights happen way too like easily. I I would say my ex and I we probably would have never gotten in a fight if alcohol wasn't involved in some level. Like I don't, we never like we had nothing to fight about, but unless we were belligerent, and then and then yeah. So be uh, keep your eyes open for that moving forward in relationships too i think that's really really good that you're you were aware of um how much drinking you guys were doing together 
All right, guys, that was episode 60. Please advise Cam and thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. People can find you at KDN13 and then KDN13 spelled out um, on Instagram. Uh, yep. Any other way people can find you? You no, don't want them to find no, you? No, just social media. IG and Twitter. That's this, it. This very podcast. Yep. Um, <laughs> we are also on all across social media on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Just search PLZ Advise. You'll find us. We're on soundcloud.com slash please advise. We really appreciate when you guys listen to that page because we get some a little bit of ad money from that. Help c- c- keep mama flush. Oh, you can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a nice comment. We really appreciate it. It helps our ranking, and we want people to find us so that we can be rich and podcast forever. That's my dream, just podcasting forever. Uh, Guys, have a really good week. Love you. Cameron, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Of course. Will you come again? Of course. Are you naked? Oh, are you wearing a tube top? What is going on? I just looked over. I've literally. Oh, my God. Have you been wearing a sweater? I just am, literally, I am just noticing your bare shoulders now. I've been sitting across from her bare shoulders. Like, I'm saying that as if it's, like, some sort of, like, sexy area. But I guess it is. So I just am noticing. And you have very, like, toned arms. Thank you. Actually, that means a lot because I work on them and I feel no one ever notices. So it's for not. So No, it's yeah. Not. No, you actually have Yay. toned arms, girl. What do you do? You work out every other day. Yeah. And I work out at home. What do you do? I do like workout DVDs. I do either Jillian Michaels or Tracy Anderson. Dude, I've heard Tracy Anderson's DVDs are like life changing. She, she's a slight scam, but honestly, she's pretty great. Is it the dancing stuff you do? I can't do the dancing stuff, um, but I, she does have some basic cardio you can do. Okay. Like, that's great. Her, her arm workouts are exceptional and really hard. Do you have to do lots of like circles? Circles. Oh, man. Dude, I've been taking bar classes and for real, the strength of your own body is very heavy. Yes. I was shocked at how bad my arms hurt from just being my own arms. Like I wasn't holding any weight, just my own arms. Yep. Working out's crazy, you guys. All right. Have a cool week. Bye.